0: It was by far one of the most scariest experiences I've ever had in my life when I stood in front of that woman in the on the grand piano after she had given me a, a taste of what she does, teaches at the conservatorium, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm going, what the fuck am I doing here? Welcome to the Full Stop Podcast and our first episode of 2021 with Sarah Lawrence from After the Storm, Berenice Smith from Walking Our Shoes, and me, Michael Hughes from Married and Childless. Now, sadly, Sarah couldn't be with us for this recording. We thought it's best to kick the new year off with something inspiring, and our guests, Lisa Cassane and Helen Jones, both do that in their own very special ways. <laughs> no.
1: It says recording in the corner now, so that's probably yep. a good We're sign.
0: We're
2: on. Yay. We keep working. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> so, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy,
0: happy New, New Year. New Year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined today on the podcast, of course, by Michael Hughes and by our guests, Lisa and Helen. So Lisa Kussain, can I make sure I've got your pronunciation of your surname correct there, Lisa? Yes, is that right? that is absolutely correct. Yes. Fabulous. So Lisa runs the No Mo Book Club, woo, which I love. It's a fantastic <laughs> idea. And Helen... Helen Jones, you run the choir, and you're just such. I know you from 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 ages back. We've been talking before we pressed the record button about um, how long we've kind of known each other in dodgy alleyways in Shepherd's Bush. Which, um, <laughs> all to do with fertility fest, it's not as alarming as everyone thinks. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today on the podcast. It's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. Honour. Yeah. <laughs> So, how have you both been keeping? How's your year been? Your last. Do we, do we want to talk about twenty twenty? or just want to scrub it and pretend it didn't happen. I, I have to say that twenty twenty
1: has been the the making of the book club. So, I, I, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to sort of pretend it hasn't happened, twenty twenty has been, dare I say, quite positive for me. Um, because if it wasn't for everything that's happened, I may not have had the time or the inclination to to get going on everything I'm doing. So, yeah. Um, Probably unlike many um, i've actually I'm actually grateful for twenty twenty I suppose I have to say
2: that's fantastic because it was quite quite a big thing to kind of launch something and to and to do that so quickly I think mm-hmm. and then have that responsiveness as well
1: that's it. And, it and it's because of the sort of the first lockdown that we had in march April that i had so i just found myself with so much time on my hands and i was able to think and really get to the bottom of what i needed to do with myself to manage my childlessness and my grief and everything and all these ideas just came up and i'd I'd found gateway around about the same time gateway women and uh yeah and it just gave me that really needed space had i been working nine to five i don't know that i would have had it so uh yeah thank you 2020 (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Fantastic. And Helen, you started off with the with the choir in in it was people, didn't you? Actually, face to face. Is that right?
3: Yeah, um, it was, I mean, it was it's about just over a year ago that I had this idea to do a vocal project for um the childless community and um something that I wanted to do for, for quite a lot of years, you know, but as you know, it takes time to get to that point. And I've eventually got it together, and we all met in March. By that time, I did actually bring some hand sanitizer with me, even though it wasn't compulsory. And um, we were all worried about how far apart we should be, even though nothing officially had been said. And then bam, that was the first and last time. We had a fantastic three hour session in Waterloo with about 16 women. We sang some disco tunes, we had a great time. I was absolutely exhausted. I have to say this is less exhausting online. But yeah, that's how it happened. And I didn't plan at that stage to do anything because no one really knew what was going to happen. So yeah, it's a bit like you, Lisa. It's kind of like the necessity of having to uh, do something and kind of make a try and make a little bit of a living as well. Um, Uh, Yeah, I mean, 2020 has been a, it's been a funny year for everyone in the worst kind of way. But also what comes out of being in a corner. I think the thing is, as a community, I have found we are good at coming out of a corner. When we're in a corner and we have to fight our way out and we have to, that's what we've always done. So in a sense, you know, rather than hanging on and seeing what, it's going to happen to me i've kind of acted and gone out there but it was a process that initially i wasn't open to and then when i realized that hey there is something called zoom then um mm. you know it, you know it opened doors but i didn't imagine that like nearly a year later we'd be si- I'd, well i just didn't imagine what would happen and as a result i'm i'm glad and i finally um, with my vocal projects, got to a place where I'm happy to go forward. Because when you say choir, Berenice, choir can be three women singing very loudly and drunkly in a pub, or it can be something in the Albert Hall with 45 people. That is true. Done by you know, I really just wanted it to be a vocal project. And um, it certainly is a vocal project. And I've now got another project that I'll talk to you about later as well, that is really even closer to my heart. Connected to this community called Our Healing Voice, and that's really where I was coming from with that. But I didn't want to go in with that. I thought if I say choir, people will know it's singing. That's enough right now. So it's just developed really. So yeah, it's been. Oh, you know, I couldn't have. I couldn't have planned it. Let's put it that way.
2: I think that's true. It's it's, I think it's something that I've noticed quite a lot in online in the past year is levels of resilience we've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast because of course we've you know we've been affected and that we had a whole kind of plan set up for the year guests set up and had to just literally move everything around so that we were relevant and on topic and within that of course we've had different challenges because it's very different for for different countries um so when we're talking to people we have to sort of be aware of those sensitivities, I think, in terms of, of what other people are facing. I mean, we're recording this before um Christmas, but we don't know what's going to happen in the UK when this comes out. Um, it's a period of, of change. Um, so who knows where we're all gonna be and what we're all gonna be able to do. Um, but that level of resilience that I think we've all kind of dug a bit deep, but perhaps because we've all been through so much. In the time that you know we've we've had to to come to terms with, with with childlessness and our situation, that we've got perhaps a little bit more in the way of resources to call on, and of course none of us are, are shy about being online because that's ultimately how. We've all made our connections. Um, Lisa, you mentioned Gateway Women, of course, yeah. and, and Jodie has, has been on the podcast lots of times and, in fact, is one of the, the main reasons um, why we exist. Um, her encouragement and support to, to get us to this place has been fantastic. So, yeah, it's, we're not afraid sort of, of going online and going, actually, yeah, I need some help here, and this is, this is the issue that I have. Um, have you found that you've, you've had that community support, both of you, in, in terms of you know, the feedback and, and people being part of your projects?
1: Oh, completely. Um, so, as I said earlier, that I, I actually only found Gateway Women. very early on in 2020 me last year or 2019 I was um, fostering I was fostering for about nine months and that came to a crashing halt and it was in the sort of six months after that that I found Gateway and it was a real life changer it honestly it it changed everything for me I was in a really horrible dark place and I found Gateway and I found all these women and, and you guys are included in that of course and I just had this space all of a sudden where I could talk really honestly about what was going on and I didn't have to fear any judgment I didn't have to worry about saying the wrong thing or who might see this or you know who might catch on to what I'm saying and I was able to be honest probably for the first time ever maybe and the community has been a lifesaver for me absolutely
2: that's fantastic I, I remember finding it oh gosh would have been I guess, I'm trying to remember how long I've been a member it's been years been for um, a long
3: time me, yeah i have now. yeah we've known each other for a
2: long time yeah we have because i yeah. i met you i met you gosh you see that's the thing i met you in in st pancras we've we've done train stations of london haven't we <laughs> 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 but yeah yeah that have, was a long time ago yeah it was and and both you and I must have been there from from fairly early on and I can remember it being an absolute revelation to find something Mm. um just people you know that there were there were women that that were like me Mm. or if they weren't Mm. like me then you actually could have those conversations and you could learn about other situations because I think often I, I certainly found that I think with some of the communities that I've been part of that you may all be um from ivf failure or you might all be from mm. something but what you've got in gateway women, and so many groups i think out there um we have to mention there's many many others um steph um steph's world child this week has a huge list of resources on there um of all the different groups that there are but what is interesting about gateway women is that anyone can go in with any kind of situation so you get that diversity and that information exchange about other people's points of view um, and their journey. And it's incredibly enlightening. But yeah, hello. I mean, you, you, we've been part of Gateway Women for a long time. I don't know how long.
3: Um,
2: I, was, I, jo- I joined in 2013 <clears throat> and it
3: was purely by accident. I heard Jodie speaking on um, a podcast. Uh, I didn't even know it wasn't even called a podcast then. It was on a SoundCloud. She'd done Women of the World. And I think she'd only had it going about not even two years. And I was just flabbergasted, you know, because as someone that's had a very long journey from the age of, well, from when I was a teenager, I'd totally given up at that point of ever finding, I don't know why, but this is how hard it is to actually find someone else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who is even in a remotely similar position to you and even if they were you'd never know because yeah. you'd never talk about it you know That's and so good. when I when I, I think about a month later I went to a meeting in Covent Garden I'll never forget that day when I walked in and there must have been about 20 women just standing there and it was almost like I could imagine that you know, like a movie, we'd all suddenly converged in this one place and wow, here we all were. I mean, honestly, it was, I could say you couldn't write the book, but she did write a book. But I mean, (laughs) honestly, one day someone should make a movie about it because it is phenomenal the way that it's happened. And when you consider, you know, it's all right us going, oh yeah, I found something now. And people coming saying, yeah, I found something. And yeah, it's amazing they have. But for hundreds of years, nothing Mm. we it's like we are the dawn of a new day for people like us and i feel so passionate about that you know that we 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 are part of history for 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 people like us you know we're bigger than a tribe we're a massive sector of society completely under the radar and you know all hail queen jodie i love it to death (laughs) um, you know, because that's what it needs. It needs that bravery. And also she mm. had that experience within, you know, she was a writer, you know, you needed to have a certain skill set to be able to push it out there. I used to think to myself years ago, oh, maybe I should have something in the church hall. That was as far as I could get, you know, <laughs> put, <an advert. laughs> put something in the window. Oh, do you have children? If not, come and sit on a, creaky old chair and drink a cup of tea with me I mean I could I couldn't I just thought no I'm surviving myself and it was enough to do that wasn't it until this point where we can I think you don't
2: always know that you need it until you've got it um yeah definitely agree with that yeah you you don't know that it's missing from your your life I think you found that probably with the clan of brothers Michael perhaps that maybe that's in creating something that you didn't Know was needed, and then for it's 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 filling a gap you didn't know was existed, perhaps.
0: Um, yeah, I, I guess you could put it that way. Yeah, um, I'd always sort of thought about it would be good for guys to get together, but then you think. How do you get blokes to talk about stuff like this? And then Jody actually approached me and said, "Look, maybe you should think about this, Michael." And I did, and it took me about eight months, I think, to think about. it. And now, yeah, we're slowly growing. And so, like you say, it's um, you don't know you need it until it's there. Yeah, and, and it's um,
2: fantastic that you've done that because I think it's I think it's unique, isn't it? I don't. I, I put the call out on social media and and just to listeners in um, at large. Just if you do know anything that's set up for other um demographics and please let us know because we've we've really I, I I know a lot I could have got quite a few people on the podcast to talk about different subjects um for for women but actually for for, for different genders it would be really really good to get some more stuff going because I think the clan of brothers is probably quite unique
0: yeah um and it's the only one I know of and also um what comes to mind is a request we had well sorry a friend of a of someone transitioning uh, contacted me and said look you know do you accept you know people transitioning to a man i said well if this person identifies themselves as childless then of course we will i said i I can't speak we have a set of rules i can't speak for everyone in the group of course but you know, please, by all means, come in. And mm-hmm. again, you know, there's, there's so many facets to, to this, you know, the, which is, um, yeah, quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen I've, you come in if, yet, but um, I'm yeah, sorry,
3: finding Helen? this. You know, I was gonna say I'm finding this with the through the singing. It's really surprised me. In the beginning, I just thought, okay, it's people who want to sing. But because the, the singing groups that we have, we do them twice a week. I'm doing one today, actually. They're quite small. So they're always like, it's always like six or seven of us. So we all unmute and we chat. So people have bonded. And I'm really finding a group of women. There's a lot of chronic illness it, that's connected with the childless community. Obviously, we're, I'm only dealing with women. And that was another thing for me as well. Because we were like, what about the men? And I'm like, whoa how am I gonna mix this up? Because, you know, I can't have someone who's just like had a hysterectomy three months ago and then just coming on, crying around. You know what I mean? It's a really sensitive area. So we do need lots of different groups. Mm. But I found through doing this online singing, there are women out there who have chronic illness who are not able to get up and go out and stand somewhere and sing a song. The fact that they can be a part of something while relaxing, I'm like, Whoa, this is a whole other thing that I never even considered. So, I've got women who come who have got chronic illness who you know they might be in bed, so you know, or they might you know, so they are able to participate. And then we now have another thing, so I know time's getting on. I just want to talk a little bit about um, the Our Healing Voice uh, chanting circle that I'm running that's been running for. We've done six weeks, we've had over 20 women per week chanting together. These are chants that are in English and this is something that I wanted to create for the vibrational healing uh, that we that we get, that, that I personally have um, experience of through, through singing for over 25 years and also going to chanting uh, through yoga and everything. And I wanted to bring something into the childless community. You know, so, People can be off camera, they can be lying on the floor, a bit like, you know, like when you do yoga online. So this whole online situation Mm. has opened doors. And I had one woman say to me the other day, oh, I really hope that when things go back to normal that that I don't lose this. And I said, well, I'm never gonna stop doing this now because now more than ever, I feel I'm providing a service to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to participate. Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. what I'm trying
3: to say anyway. You know, it's like, yep. it's brought yeah. other, things, other things in, but yes, there's, it, there's so many different subgroups and subgroups and subgroups. And if you're only identified in a group, you could say, well, it's only three people I know who are like that. Well, that's still a group, that's still important to you. You know, you can't say, well, because it's not 4,000 people, we're not gonna do it. You know, <laughs> there's group, you know, so there's men and women, and then there's all sorts of gender situations. There's all sorts of like, you know, people who are gay, there's, you know, there's, there's people who, 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 I don't know, people who've adopted. I mean, I don't even want to get down a list because it's a massive, massive list. <laughs> but then the chronic illness thing as well is massive. And these are women that are in their thirties. I mean, imagine being, you know, chronically ill and you just can't go anywhere for three years, you know, and then having a lifeline of having a, an online community. People who become your friends. It's amazing. Through the childless community you, yeah I don't think you can even get that in the you can't get that in the other community of
2: people <laughs> well you you lack that glue I think I think there's a, a glue that you, you you kind of lack because the one thing I found and um, with I think we found really with the podcast and going to things like events like fertility fest is that it's not competitive because the grief that we all have is so unique and our journeys are so unique. You know, we may have walked a similar path. I mean, there's plenty of people, I think, plenty of women who have been through miscarriages and failed IVF, as I have. But each of us are very different and unique. So you don't have that, oh, I think that comp- competition isn't there that you sometimes get in the other side, um, as it were. Um, <laughs> Lisa, can you tell me a bit more about the book club? Because I know that you've been reading... Um, Midnight Library, is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the Midnight Library was
1: our November book. Um, I suppose I best give
2: you a bit of history about the book club and, and how yeah, it too. So tell us a bit helpful. more about it. Yeah. Cause that, that's, drag- that's what tied me into it was Midnight Library, so tell us <laughs> ah, a bit okay. more about it. <laughs> so
3: uh,
1: the book club, it, I have to say, it's very intrinsically linked to Gateway Women because that's where it started, and it was actually Jodie who approached me. Um, there was a book club subgroup on Gateway that had sort of been around for a while, but obviously Jodie's very busy and she didn't have time to keep it up really to the to the extent that she would have liked. Um, and I have always been a bookworm. I've always got my head in a book for my whole life, and I realized after sort of coming out of the dark side of the grief of childlessness that I needed something comforting and something familiar and that thing for me was books and um, so I started to think about that and how that might look and I spoke to Jodie and she said well look there's a there's a subgroup here that's not very active do you want to have a look at it so I did um, and I took it on with another gateway women uh, person but she sadly found that it was a bit too triggering for her and she she had to step away um so what the, the the idea of the book club is that rather than in a traditional book club you'd maybe have someone from the group would pick a book and then you'd all read it together that was just it was too dangerous because as we know there are so many books that get you at the end with that miracle or that you know the family focus that we're not looking for so what I do is I read everything in advance and then when I suggest a book for the book club I know that it's either trigger free or if there are triggers I can tell you what they are so that you can read it safely knowing that you're not going to be blindsided you're not going to be knocked on your ass because suddenly you know one character has a baby or whatever um so that's how it started Uh, and then i i'm a bit sort of designy i guess i've got a little bit of a creative side to me so i started looking at a website and i um bought a domain name which i now use so it's a gateway women book club um and i stole the nomo tag from jodie with her permission (laughs) um and that is now also connected to my website and i've got you know facebook page and a twitter page and an instagram page but what i found is that gateway is where it all happens and i think that's because people are safe there they know that they can talk really openly and really freely about you know their thoughts on the book or things that might have triggered them um and no one's going to be there saying well as a mother as you get on facebook and whatever else so although it, it probably doesn't seem that active in the wide world in in the background i think i've got quite a lot of silent watchers um, who go to my website to look at what the book of the month is so that's the, the format is I've got a book of the month which I recommend we talk about that on Gateway Women um, weekly and then I've also started reviewing books to sort of highlight triggers in them so I've got another page on my website that recommends books that might have triggers and I've got this traffic light system sorry excuse me <coughs> um, so where you might look at a book, for example, uh, there was one I read recently called My Husband's Daughter. And I thought, okay, there's a step parent element there. I'm a step parent. um, So I'm going to read that book and I'm going to see if they do it justice. And I read it and it was just like alarms, triggers, absolutely everything you possibly couldn't want um, from a book if you're in the situation we're all in. So I put that on my website because I thought, someone might see that and think, oh, okay, I'm a step parent, I'm going to read that, that might be useful. Um, But actually, it was clearly written by a parent, it was clearly written by a mother, the the pronatalist agenda within it was um, rife. So it's on my website, but it has got a red trigger warning. So people that might think, okay, I'm ready to take on something a bit more uh, scary, they can have a look at the red ones. But for people that think that I can't, I just can't deal with anything baby related or parent related, they can have a look at the green ones or the orange ones. Um, so that's how I kind of organize my reviews it's all very very new as I said to you earlier Berenice it's, it, this has been only a year in the making so I've got a bit of imposter syndrome I think but it's um,
2: wonderful I'm just going to just interrupt you. to say I, I, I look at the website because I, I'm hoping um, <laughs> this is one of the weird things I can I can tell everyone on the next episode <laughs> i hoping that um, Secret Sant- well, Santa Claus might actually bring me um, a book subscription because <laughs> I'd, I'd like a book subscription because like you Lisa I love books yeah. I if I if I don't have a book on the go I am a, I'm unhappy and I've I've struggled a bit I have to say the last sort of year with reading I've my attention span's been a bit rubbish mm. so I've read lots and lots of short stories lately um but it's difficult, like you say, you don't know when something's going to just pop up and you think, yeah. oh God, you know, that, that could be a thing that might be upsetting. Um, and I undernawed, and the reason I'm, I'm saying at the, the Midnight Library is because I follow Matt Haig, mm. the author, on Twitter, and I know he's a parent. Mm-hmm. I know his children are incredibly important to him mm-hmm. in terms of his recovery. And, um, and I thought, oh, I don't know. I'm not mm. sure about this really not so sure about it but I thought what well, you you'd mentioned it I had a couple of other people in the community had mentioned it elsewhere outside of gate and I thought right I'm gonna go for it and actually I have read it and mm. I and I absolutely I'm looking at your um website at the moment <laughs> um and I absolutely agree with where you've placed it it's mm. it's on an, an amber warning yeah I think that's exactly where it should sit mm-hmm. and it's just fabulous because there is stuff in here you know i I'd, I'd Finding Henry Appleby, you've written that again, was on my list mm. mostly because I, I like the cover. Um, mm. because I'm a designer, <laughs> I design books and stuff like that. That's my day yep. job. Um, and I and I thought, oh, that doesn't cover I like the typography, you know, and, and because you can't go into a store, we haven't largely been able to go into bookstores and you can't just have that quick flick through. You know, mm-hmm. just to kind of like, oh okay, oh yeah, okay, right, This that says the yeah. keyword in there. I, I can't deal with that. Or whatever. You you are reliant on on online reviews so mm-hmm. much, but to have that confidence that somebody else has read it and I think for you I, I actually just wanted to say that I think that's incredible that you do that and I hope that you have the support you need because I would imagine reading some of those red trigger books isn't easy for you either. Yeah absolutely and sometimes um, so
1: the Midnight Library as I said it's an amber warning because there is definitely some triggering stuff in there um, and I won't give any spoilers away but it's in my review um, if, you, if you're not sure but I was sobbing at the end of that book I was absolutely oh, I, I was a complete and utter wreck I, I, was, I was actually away with my husband we were having a little weekend away and it was just <laughs> after the uh, just after the the first lockdown in the UK had ended so we were like right let's get away now while we can and I was sat there and I was reading this book and I was just a complete sobbing ugly crying mess but afterwards I felt like this weight had lifted because I felt that Matt Haig had really seen us as a community and he'd seen that that sometimes life doesn't go how you want it to go and it was that thread running through it that that got me eventually in you know emotionally um yeah, I would agree I did,
2: with that Yeah, I did try
1: Absolutely. and uh, I did approach Matt Haig to see if he'd talk to me but he's just far too busy and famous so sadly <laughs> I
2: couldn't get him on board <laughs> He often comes up here to... So um, to, to in Cambridge, we have the, the Literary Festival. Oh, yes. And we've also got one in, in Ely. That, um, it's a fantastic indie bookshop called Toppings that everybody needs to go onto their mm. website because it's an amazing website. And um, they, um, they also have things that happen, used to happen in Ely Cathedral. So you could go to Ely Cathedral, this magnificent building called the Ship of the Fens, and you could sit there and just listen to fantastic authors. And I've been to a couple of ghost story things there. As well, and actually is not in my house. It's a, there's a very old chapel, one of the oldest buildings in Cambridge, and they lit it with they put candlelight in it, and then you sit there and you listen to MR James um, ghost stories because MR James studied at the University in Cambridge. So you're sitting there listening to something that's that's basically set lit, you know a mile away from your house, <laughs> thinking, oh my god, I'm absolutely. A- now. um this is really not unpleasant but yeah Matt Hague's been to a few things like that I think oh. with the previous book so it's my intention if he ever turns up and we all get mm. together again that I'm just going to literally just stand there and make a complete tit of myself and go I'll tell him who you are I will tell him who you are I promise
1: I'll just say I'll just say I'm you talking of fangirling i am um, i know that you share this with me berenice is the mm. the his dark materials books by philip mm. pullman um yeah. and obviously he's based in oxford so i know i don't know if that's like a little bit of a rival for you in cambridge I think only if you've been <laughs>
2: only if you're educated enough to go yeah. to cambridge university i've been to one of them but it wasn't the university uh, it was okay. the other one the um, but yeah <laughs> i was just like <laughs> but i just got <laughs> to say, like, the whole thing about the reading there because i one of the I, i'm sure i've mentioned it on the podcast i know michael and sarah both know this but i am um, when i was going through ivf i did an open university degree in english literature oh um because i need well i didn't intend to do it i thought because i work with books and stuff like that and i was in publishing at the time i thought well oh, maybe i would just be a bit educated about this you know and actually go and learn a bit more about mm-hmm. books and that's what i ended up doing and i ended up going to this exam Um, there's only one exam in in the degree and I Mm. thought well well, I'm in here now I might as well carry on to the end and graduate Mm. and in fact I met quite a few people on the degree who also were were childless um, or child free Mm. Um, and we all got to be quite good friends in fact I'm in in touch with quite a lot of them still after all these years and I think I graduated in about 2011 or something like that it was um, again at Ely Cathedral it was lovely Mm. but I found that that helped so much for me the the love of reading but also the enjoyment of just discovering something new but even if i didn't even if i hadn't graduated with anything particularly good as a, mm-hmm. as, a as a the fact that i actually managed to graduate with a actually very good degree itself was was a miracle because mm-hmm. I, I but i focused my mind that i felt that my brain was at least achieving something when the rest of me just couldn't do anything. It's a bit of an extreme way to do it. I 've did a master's. I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> um, again, um, it's, extreme, it's extreme therapy, and I, <laughs> I don't agree with any of that. But the fact is just picking up a book and being able to do something yeah. is just so rewarding. But, I mean, hats off to both you and to Helen for actually finding something and identifying a need and being able to do that and 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 it's amazing i i, I just think that it's been so interesting so rewarding mm. seeing this grow um and your website's amazing lisa it's fantastic thank you, thank you. Yeah. and one one thing that you also touched on Bernice, is
1: that um sometimes your, your concentration levels they dip and they ebb mm. because of childlessness and grief and all of that and one thing i've learned from the community is that sometimes people refuse to pick up a book not just because of the potential triggers but because they just can't they, they don't have the headspace. and you said about reading short stories so one thing i'm actively looking for at the moment is more short novels and short stories that meet both the criteria so that they're they're short and easy to read but they also don't have these miracles in them and that's proving to be very challenging as i'm sure you can imagine but yeah. it's something that we need and and my my whole motivation is i love reading so much it's such a huge part of my identity the thought of women sort of turning away from reading and, and men turning away from meaning uh, reading and, and that meaningfulness, it really upsets me to think that people are, are not reading because of the triggers and the pronatalism in books. And I just want to give people the confidence back to to pick up a book and get back into it because it's so important to me. And to so That's
2: many people, wonderful. that is fantastic. I will have to have a think about that because I've got quite a few short story mm. things around here. I, I've got books like you. I've got books everywhere. I mean, they're <laughs> behind me here. They're all my design books that yeah. I have. And then I've got bookcases all over the the house and books mm. on the floor. It's, yeah, it's crazy, and I, <laughs> I can't. I, I struggle to part with them. I thought at the beginning of lockdown, what I thought I would do because I've got a couple of them in 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 the city here, um, community libraries. Mm. There's the things like com- converted phone boxes stuff like yep. that yep. and there's someone near to us and she's moved away unfortunately but she had an old rabbit hutch in her front garden <laughs> with books in, and you could just simply go in and you could just donate books and you could take books and it was completely free and she just had this and I thought oh that's a good idea and then my husband pointed out to me that could you actually get rid of a book and I'd be like <laughs> no I'd, I'd, I would struggle to, to to do that and he said you'd be out there, he put it in the front garden he said you'd be out there and you'd be kind of like no! <laughs> I actually purged quite a lot of my
1: books as part of my um, after I'd kind of accepted my childlessness I thought well okay now I haven't got anyone to pass my books down to what's the point of having them and I went through this whole horrible time where I was just like no I don't want them in my house I want them gone I'm gonna give them all to charity I gave all of my sweet valley high books to my niece um anyone who knows what sweet valley high is kudos and uh yeah so all i've got now left is the the ones that are really really special so i've got my northern lights i've got my um all my no Mo book club books i've kept all of those and just the ones that are really special to me but my my bookshelves are bare compared to what they were two years ago you
2: found
1: I, I it, it, it? I did you I find that cathartic yeah because it was it was accepting that i wasn't going to be passing those on to anyone mm. And yeah. I wanted to get some enjoyment out of them. So I passed them on to,
2: yeah.
1: I didn't t- to take them to charity shops actually, because I heard that they pulped them and that gave me the heebie-jeebies. So I gave them to friends and
2: family and, <laughs> and yeah. to community groups rather than uh, uh, yeah charity shops. I used to work for Penguin and we used to have book sales there. So they used to have these great big um, off stock things in overstock i suppose and you get some really 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 good stuff and they've all got um a stamp on the front which means you can't resale them um because they're okay. there's nothing generally wrong with them i've got some beautiful things some some lovely stuff and they used to load the books up about a week before the book sale started and it was like the highlight they had four a year and it was the highlight there's the reason that everyone you know one of the many staff benefits that they mm. used to have they don't anymore but um and i don't work there anyway so now but but um they were just amazing and you could literally for 30 quid, you could just fill the boot of your car up, and you said, wow. Literally, just try and get the car there that day. But I did do it by train once, and um. I had to kind of get some help um, because I had to get back from, to Cambridge with this, this, these books. And I kept thinking, oh, I've got to just do it in stages. But I thought, I can't leave them here. I've got to get them home because they're all just so important. And, yeah. and I did that around the time. The last one that I did was around the time of probably my, my, one of the last cycles of IVF. And I can remember them setting the books up before I went in for treatment. And then when I came out, they had they was there's i think i came i think i came back probably a little earlier than i should have done specifically for the book sale from from Mm -hmm. um the um embryo um um transfer transfer yeah that's what i just i'm losing the lingo slowly 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 i'm trying to forget the words Mm -hmm. um see words so important when you're looking at all of this isn't Mm -hmm. it it's all bizarre isn't it um but I can remember some of the books around that time, I associate that. I've got a beautiful, beautiful box set, um, limited edition of William Trevor's short stories. And I'm thinking whether William Trevor's got anything triggering in it, and I suspect he probably has. But I had to go out and buy the paperback one because I didn't dare unwrap the. Um, the actual box set when I didn't want to do it, I want to go into the wrapper, so it still sat there in its wrapper, all beautiful on the shelf. But I associate it with that time. so mm. I'm probably gonna have to get rid of it for that reason, but I can't mm. take it to a charity shop because we're legally not allowed to because this they uh, can't yeah. resell it. Uh, so I'm like, what the hell do I do with this thing? Mm. <laughs> all these books with all these stickers on in my house, but I, I books have so much meaning because mm. they're so visual and so tactile. Um, I have a box in my attic um, which I call the
1: crazy box which is uh, whilst we were trying to conceive and even before that I had uh, whenever I would see a book that I wanted to share with my child I would buy it and I would put it away ready for when that time came. Um, So I've got a really gorgeous board book of the Jabberwocky poem from Alice in Wonderland. I've got uh, a a gorgeous gold inlaid version of Hans Christian Andersen's tales and they're all just in a box in my loft and I, I can't I can't do anything with them at the moment. I can't even open the box. I'm not there. Um maybe one day I will. Maybe I'll pass them on to sort of ex- extended family. And it's just a box of things that I can't I can't address.
2: Yeah. I can appreciate that. I've still got all of my IVS stuff in the loft. And I can't get rid of it. And almost yeah. in a way. I kind of almost want someone to sort of uncover it so that they understand something about me. So it's it's there still. Yeah. Um, because if it's someone part uncovered my Sorry, go on. It's part of our makeup. It's part it's, of who yeah. we are. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It may not be. It's the... interesting.
3: It's interesting, actually. You're talking about triggers um, because actually, what I've found is um, since we've been singing, there's so many songs that we can't sing because. Mm. I was going
2: to just ask you that, Helen. I was going to say because you must have the same issues, really, as, as Lisa in terms yeah. of picking out lyrics. That must be. The quite... Use of the word "baby"
3: in songs is mm. phenomenal. Mm.
2: But for,
3: for, for mostly for reasons not as you know, and not as babies, but just as a love reference, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, it's 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 amazing how you know you think, oh, I'm just gonna do this, or I'm just gonna do that, and then you look, and then you just find. Mm-hmm. that there's I mean the the other thing is as well like even if you look at anything classical uh around Christmas well of course Christmas is all like mother and child yeah yeah and then when you look in history about um you know you look for any music it's all very much related where where women are referenced within these this this framework so I think coming f- from a creative field um And having things that relate to to us as a community are very, very important. Mm. When I, um, I mean, in the chants, uh, part of the reason that I've written chants for us, they're like positive affirmations, because, you know, um, a lot of the Sanskrit chants, um, you know, they they, they reference things that could be triggering. And I don't want people to have to deal with that. I want people to just take the positives, And, 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 you know, really like focus and meditate on those things and take them in and nourish them because it's all about the, the energies that we consume. We don't want to be consuming energies that are, are not helping us and not helping us repair and not helping us build. We want to be taking things in and breathing these things through our system so that we can literally help ourselves to regenerate on a physical and mental level. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I think I um, I think Helen what I've noticed
1: noticed as well my love of books it sort of translates into a love of words I suppose because I often find Mm -hmm. that when I'm listening to particular songs depending on my mood um, so like uh, Bastille for example they sing a lot about grief and when I'm feeling really in my grief I put on Bastille because they talk about loss and grief and death and everything but they do it with such a pop sort of upbeat background that it it almost pulls me out of it i suppose and like this morning before this podcast i was feeling a little bit nervous about being uh recorded and everything so i chucked on a load of lily allen and katy perry and then i was talking to my husband about how it, how meaningful the words were and then i realized but they're both parents they're both mothers i don't know if they were when they wrote the songs but i just found that i, I yeah. speak particular particular words and particular songs when i'm feeling a certain way Can't listen
2: to
3: any music. Well, I have to say, with music, I was just going to say that's interesting. I often don't. I often listen to music that doesn't have lyrics, Mm. and I would definitely say. I mean, I've 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 been asked quite a lot about this, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of research being done into sound healing because what really we're doing here is sound healing. Mm. so um <clears throat> there's a lot of research been done mm. into it um into the rhythms into the frequencies mm-hmm. and i would say you know to anyone kind of like struggling with grief i mean really go back to natural music mm. crystal healing bowls rhythms shamanic drumming that kind of thing you don't want to go into necessarily you know your old record collection mm. sorry i know you're probably not as old as old i've, we got, are record, I've you. got a record collection, collection. i love Michael my record collection i've got record, <laughs> record <laughs> collections oh yeah <laughs> really want to go into that record you know the the classic Bridget Jones all by myself Mm. I mean we really don't want to be going there people yeah we want to be and the thing is as well of course you know we have to we have to realize that we're all creative beings Mm. we don't need to listen to other people's songs we can write our own songs you know we can say what do we have in our head you know we can create mantras and we can set them to music and we can literally breathe through those there's so much that we can do in the world of supportive healing healing to help ourselves through ourselves and I think what we're trying to do through our healing voice is to bring that through and Mm -hmm. it would actually Lisa, I'd really like to talk to you uh, maybe another time about anything that you might have read Mm -hmm. and lines that you that might have really resonated with you because if there's if there's if there's things that I can take from books that really touch um on the healing power that we can use mm. through our community. I'd be really interested in setting that to, to a melody and, you know, the chanting that you can do with that, the repetition. Yeah, I mean, sure. people have come away yeah, from sure. it saying, I feel amazing after this. I've had a mm. fantastic night's sleep. Mm. So, you know, so sometimes we can absorb as much as we can through talking and through reading, but mm. when we're physically breathing it through our system and we're actually reciting it, that's a deeply, deeply powerful transformative process mm. that can mm. that can really help to support our healing. Mm. So this is really kind of where I'm coming from. I want to I want people to change it because people talk about singing. Okay, singing. Yes, it is. And I've been through massive transformations with 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 the power of song and the power of music. We all know how much music influences our moods. That's the mm. starting point. We can all relate to that but on a deeper level to the deeper level than that there there are things that we can do that can actively help us you know so I want to be having workshops around this Mm. I want to be having Mm. a festival around this you know and 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 anything that comes from the creative field I feel is something that we are ready as a community to now build on Mm. so Mm. there are places we can say I'm going to go and do this I'm going to go and do that But actually, if we come together and we use all these creative forces together, this is a way to really, really push forward and change the way that we not only live our lives, but the way that we feel about ourselves and the way we feel that we can go forward as a society, Mm. as a childless society. Mm. Um, So yeah, the the creative part, I feel, can only enhance the feeling of community but we can physically use that to kind of bring ourselves forward. So I just wanted to, yeah, because it's always like we're referring to what mainstream society has written. Yeah, It's like we yeah. have things to say and we have, uh, we have creativity to offer and this has not been available before,
0: mm. you know,
3: so this is new creativity. I mean, there will be a time, you know, where Berenice is, I mean people have already written books about their own stories Mm. but there will be a time I'm sure where Berenice is like designing book covers for me
2: maybe yeah I already I already have so yeah it's it's happening already I mean Mm -hmm. I think that's the the, the thing is that that I've noticed uh, one of the areas that I I I do because I cover websites and books and branding all sorts of things is that actually I do have a little um growing um little Mm. community of clients who have found me because I'm childless and I don't necessarily mention it in relation to my work but it's been interesting because I I stayed away from it I kept it all very apart because I do a lot of children's books so and I love working on children's books and it's an area that I've done since forever Um, but I had one incident where someone didn't want to work with me because I wasn't a mother and it knocked my confidence. Despite the fact that I've got, God, what, 20 years of design experience. I've got a master's in graphic design and typography. It's what I do. I I live, eat and breathe it. Mm. And for whatever reason, bad day, bad time. She said, did you have, do I have enough experience? Could I do some pitch work for her? Could I just do a, a chapter for nothing? And that, and then I thought, hang on, get your balls back, girl, because no, I don't do pitch work. You know, if you look at my portfolio, there is enough stuff in there for anyone to get the idea that I know what I'm doing. But it not me. um And I thought, oh, maybe I ought to keep all of this apart. And I did. I didn't mention it at all. And it was only through um last couple of years, I've belonged to a, a business group called Drive the Network, who are mixed demographic. And it's given me much more confidence in other people because I know that um, there are a couple of people who are in that group who listen to this podcast, who mm. encouraged me to, to, to work with podcasts. They're parents. Mm. They're, they're all mothers and they, they are around and they do that. And it was like a meeting in the middle, but also being not being scared to share what we know because actually it can make and inform other people and other networks. Um
3: absolutely. Because and I they don't, don't talk about why. it. Yeah. No, they,
2: well, don't. they don't know if yeah. you don't tell them, they don't yeah. know. Exactly. And exactly you know, I think also know. you see it from the other side because i I was certainly on calls with them. They had weekly uh, or daily actually coffee mornings um at the beginning of lockdown to keep us all going because they're all running a business mm. and trying somehow to, to run a business. And of course many of them had kids at home. They were trying to home school. Mm. And yeah. God, I can't imagine how difficult that must be. If you're trying to work for your clients and you're trying to do that and maybe you've got your other half who's also working from home for his employer who's putting the thumbscrews on him because, of course, they're not sure about if people can be accountable during lockdown working yeah. from home. All of those situations that happen. So it's meeting in the middle. Um, but also I think what I learned from that episode with me and, and this person was that they're not the people I want to work for. Mm. They don't, and I've done branding work for, for people because the podcast website as well is me too <laughs> and what we do here. But um, yeah, I've done some branding work. I've done some book design. I've done lots of creative stuff. And I think people mm. are starting to reach out in our networks. And of course, in Gateway Women, there's the business network as well mm. um, that's been set up too. So there's lots of little subsets of groups where I think we're starting to perhaps look at maybe what other demographics are doing What's mm. happening, I think, in, in in parental groups where you have, yeah, business groups. Um, certainly a few specific podcasts for parenting out there, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. But, you know, you, you kind of think, OK, well, uh, we can do that, too. We have there's enough of us now as an mm. online yes. community because perhaps of lockdown where we've all begun to sort of talk to each other and say yeah okay now okay i've got this idea and i need some help with that and can you do that for me you know again like with the podcast people can contact us and say actually i'd like to do a podcast well yeah okay let us you know talk to us because we've got stuff we can share i will not say that we're pros but we can certainly explain what we do and how we've done it um because this is the other thing bernie
3: pro situation this imposter thing we are there are no you know it's you know we're in a a category here whereby there is no one that we can look to we are those people we are that's what I'm talking about the creativity within us this is that we are creating this Mm -hmm. so you know it's like there's people like Jodie who started and there's several people like that you know and Jodie's helped me so much in getting this vocal project these vocal projects off the ground because I mean I couldn't have done it if it wasn't from her, because obviously, all the people, most of the people that come, um, are from Gateway. Mm-hmm. Although I have got people from Instagram and other sources, people are slowly coming in. Um, but the thing is, you know, we are now uh, like a little army or a bank of people. We are a little society within ourselves. and We have this creative ability, and I wish people would have more faith mm-hmm. in their creative ability. And people just say things like, oh, I'm not that creative. Elisa, you said, oh, I might be a little bit creative. Well, I would say to you, (laughs) as someone who is a singer-songwriter, you are massively creative and you are using your creativity Mm -hmm. for other people. And creativity is about serving. It's not about going, oh, I've just made this for me. It's about Mm -hmm. saying, here is my gift. I'm taking this and I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to show you what this is. And it's about saying, it might have a few mistakes in it, but this is my humanity. Mm. This is my vulnerability. And this is ultimately what will connect with you, for you to accept me and for you to maybe look more at what I do and maybe involved in what I do. So I think the power of creativity comes from our resilience. Mm. It comes from having to come out of a corner, coming to having to fight to survive, you know, not just to be accepted by mainstream society, but just to live in this world Mm. is very, very tough. And it took me years and years and years to come to that place. And I would hate to think now that having all of us reach this place, that other ge- and other generations behind us have to suffer so many, so much before they get to this point of thinking, wow, I'm acceptable, I'm good enough, there is a place for me. And we're creating that. And I think it's fabulous, it's fabulous what everyone's doing to lift us as a society to that level and i truly believe we are a society and please men can you hurry up and um
2: (laughs) michael's doing (laughs) his best he he gets this (laughs) thing you see there's this thing that happens once a month helen where where we go podcast you know and then then we say to him edit the podcast Michael and then occasionally I drop him an email and go could you just write me some words like I did this month Mike i need some words for the for the for the newsletter um you know damn women
0: (laughs) 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 which is a good segue for me it's a good segue for me to get uh, in here uh, go on then okay I've got a a question (laughs) for you Helen so um it's, it's around your around your singing group okay so I know from firsthand how daunting it is to try and, you know, do that. So can you take us through, um, how, and you know, we're talking about a community that have built walls around themselves and, you know, they isolate themselves. And so, you know, they're going to be especially daunted with trying to sing in front of other people. So for those out there that are interested, how, um, how, uh, what is your process to make them comfortable? What is the process okay. to, to 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 get them to their full potential? Okay. Because they'll be because 'cause they'll okay. be shitting themselves.
3: Well, this is this is the thing, right? I have to have a quick technical update with you now. There is no platform out there that allows people to be heard together singing. A bit like we have to take our time talking, it's the same with singing. So people are very confused by this because when you look, look at, at um, adverts on TV, they show choirs singing together, don't they? That's a result of some poor guy sitting in, a, sitting in an editing suite, cut and pasting, for weeks and weeks and weeks on end after people have recorded their little bit in their phone. Okay? So basically when people come and sing together, they're not hearing each other. So this is why I had to adapt the whole situation and this is why I didn't want to do it online initially. What I've done is I've made these singing sessions. I'm teaching people to sing basically. Okay. So you can be a diva in your own lunchtime, in your kitchen, or in your workshop, or wherever you are. In your car. Now in, the, in your car. So in the beginning I thought, oh, this is gonna be awful. People are just going on about, oh yes, I want to sing in harmony and I've been in a choir. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And actually this isn't possible. And there is a a woman called Laura Curtis, who is a choral singer, who next year is doing a study on community singing. She's part of Gateway and she's gonna study our project, right? This is a paid proper study on community singing. So it's very, very exciting. So what I've had to do is mute people and then we, we learn songs together And then sometimes I'll unmute them and I'll say, would anyone like to sing on their own? And then they will sing on their own, but it's not necessary for anyone to hear you. Now this has ended up being something that I thought was gonna be a problem. It's ended up being fantastic because people are telling me, oh, this is amazing. I can completely let loose on my own. No one can hear me. It's actually turning out to be a brilliant way to learn to sing. So we do amazing songs and we do a song every week. Um, And then at the moment, we're like just going through our repertoire, but they don't have to worry. We have people that have never sung before, and we have people that are great singers that have sung for years and years and years. But the one thing they don't have to worry about is being heard. Okay. Now, some other people might say, well, what's the point of going and singing if you can't hear each other? The point is that the community is coming out of it. So the community is pushing forward. Friendships are being made. Bonds are being made. When we do unmute and hear each other sing, the support from everyone else is, yeah, great, everyone claps, you've been fantastic, that's amazing. They're coming to and one day we will get together in the in the real world and we will all sing together, and we'll all have this lovely bank of songs that we all know. But I know that people are terrified about singing, and the thing about trauma and childlessness is trauma, okay, is that what happens is the voice gets pushed down and our throats actually physically contract. So the reason that singing and using your vocal ability is so good for you is that it basically, it opens you up. It it provides a massive release. It can provide a massive emotional releases um, and basically give you your confidence back and improve your sense of identity. You know, because when you feel that you can't, Voice I mean, we're all very vocal here, but a lot of people aren't, you know, yeah. and we might not have been as vocal a few years ago, a few, a few decades ago. Um. So, oh my god, Michael, all I can say is singing and vocal work is such a massive, massive subject, but I think everyone should sing, everyone can sing, and if you can't, I will teach you. I will teach you to sing. <laughs> I will make you you know, don't worry about being in a choir and just knowing your two lines at the end. I will teach you to sing a whole Broadway number if you want, and you will feel fantastic. And that's what we want. We want people to be confident and happy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do not, I do not disagree with you, Helen. Um, I've taken singing lessons myself, and I know, Woo! I know the, <laughs> I know, I know how I feel when I've when I've had those. There's lots of um, but, stuff
2: on the very first episode. Is it the first episode? Meet the presenters or one yeah. of the first ones when um, and, and Michael shares a bit about his singing and that just if anyone wants to go way back to the beginning of the podcast, so there's but a whole I, conversation. It
0: was, it was by far one of the most scariest experiences I've ever had in my life. When I stood in front of that woman in the, on the grand piano after she had given me uh, a taste of what she does, teaches at the conservatorium, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and I'm going, "What the fuck am I doing here?" What the fuck? <laughs> it was a it was the scariest, scariest thing I've ever done.
2: But rewarding, yeah? by
0: far. And I've done yeah, some yeah. scary shit.
3: How it do you has. feel now, though? If, if I asked you to sing now, how would you feel? If I said to you, "Let's just sing," I don't know anything. Well, how would you? How would you feel? How would you feel if I asked you to sing now? Would you think, yeah, I can do that and I wouldn't care? Or would you think, oh, would you kind of feel this kind of bam, bam, bam in your, in, in your chest, you know? I mean, because, because the, the thing is when people associate, what I'm trying to do is bridge the gap between performance and healing. Because in, mm. in music we have the kind of like, you know, the competitive singing arena okay and then and then on the other side we have the kind of Kirtan chanting and the kind of humming and all this vibrational sound healing and never the twain shall meet what i'm trying to do is put those two together and so to create so that you're creating um healing through your natural voice but then at the same time you know if you want to go over and sing a crazy mad song you can do that as well oh and hopefully between those two you know you can kind of find find that you're making progress. Lisa
2: can I just ask that the book club so if people want to join um and be part of the book group are they best to go to your website is that a good place to start for people?
1: Yeah I think the website is a bit of a um this is what we're all about and then sort of join in how however you feel really so it's got links to all my different social media platforms um as I said before, I think a lot of my members—I call them that members because everyone's part of this community. Um, I think they're they're silent and they're looking for recommendations, but they don't necessarily need to join in or contribute, which is absolutely fine. You know, I'm not looking for likes on Instagram. I'm not looking for followers or anything like that. I just want people to have access to this information. And looking at my um, my page hits, I can see that there's a lot of people that are going to the website that aren't necessarily joining the Facebook group or following me on Twitter and that's fine because i think people um they don't necessarily want to publicly talk about their childlessness or admit to their childlessness or you know openly be part of something that recognizes childlessness and that's perfectly okay but the other thing that i want to do with the book club is to to sort of to show parents and mothers and fathers that we exist and that happy endings don't have to end with a baby that um in fact that's probably a good time to talk about the january book um which which is what i
2: wanted to ask you yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the january book i'm very very excited about because it's um it's by an author called alexandra potter and the book is called confessions of a 40 something fuck up and the, the Ooh, fuck is I'm obviously
3: aster- yeah <laughs>
1: asterisk out so if you if you search for that you might not find it straight away um but the the thing that's so wonderful about this is that um and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but Alexandra is a childless woman herself. And she has previously written romance books, and she's got a very good uh, following and lots and lots of romance things that she's done before. And this is her first book where she's really addressed the childlessness issue. And it follows a character called Nell, who is in her 40s, never married, never had children. And she's just basically going through life trying her best to to be happy. And she lives in London. So that kind of resonated with me because although I don't live in London now, I, I grew up there. Um, so there's lots of uh, relatable things in that. But also I've spoken to Alexandra myself and she she's part of our tribe. She, she knows what it's like. She gets it and she's written about it. And honestly, she is someone I aspire to because I've got a novel inside me, I think, somewhere. And one day I'll write it, I hope. And Berenice will design the cover. And... <laughs> Um, but but this is the book that that I hope for, it's it's a perfect New Year book because part of it as well is her talking about her New Year's resolutions, and how they don't have to be really tangible things like I'm going to lose this amount of weight, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Actually, sometimes it's just I'm going to get up today, I'm going to go to work today, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something that is just perfectly normal and and fine. And she's childless, and she's not particularly happy about it, and that's it. And and it's just a lovely, hilarious wonderful book for the new year for our community and uh and i think that um yeah and actually at gateway women when we have our zoom chat in uh january alexandra will be joining us Oh, how wonderful!
2: Exciting! That is fantastic. Well done, lisa That's a real cute And I and I have seen that book, and I have looked Mm. at the reviews for it, and it was something I wanted to ask you about. And I wondered if it might be one of your books. So that's fantastic. Yeah, I can't (laughs) wait. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be reading that because I need some more reading material over (laughs) um, the Christmas break. Mm. Sure, absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so very much, both of you, for joining us today. On the show notes, there will be all of the information that you've both sent to me about your vocal projects, Helen, and also Lisa's book club as well, the Nomo book club. Um, And all of the details about how to find out more about the Full Stop podcast and what's coming up as well in the next year for us. We've got all sorts of stuff underway with our episodes. We've got a plan of sorts. Um, for the rest of the year but as ever everyone's invited to go onto the website to find out more information if you have any ideas about episodes for the podcast then please do let us know if you would like to be a guest and join us then please also get in touch all the information and the email address and contact details are on the com. Hi. I think this is a conversation for something you two are going to have to
0: explore um, at
2: some point. Rem- Lisa. Kellen, I bring, I'm going to remember
0: bring- the time oh. difference. So so don't be, because I know what you're going to do. You'll be messaging me now. Remember the time difference. All right? <laughs> the
2: time. Listen, you will be.
3: I can be up at four in the morning chanting. Listen.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: can you really? I remember what you said when we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>